He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 144 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf podcast. I'm James Richardson, and as always, I'm joined by Barry O'Hanron. Hey, Barry. Hey, James. Hey, listeners. If anybody wants to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at a good talk golf, and the email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Um, so, golf over the last while, Barry, yourself? Um, been playing a little bit, uh, good, bad, indifferent, ready for the season to end. Where are we at? Uh, no, not quite. Um, I had my first cut of the year a couple of weeks ago, which was great. Um, that made me very happy to finally get to break par in Druid's Heath. Um, with our captain's prize first round on Sunday, and the weather wasn't great. It was uh, rainy and windy for like the first eight and nine holes. Uh, but actually, uh, still have a chance. So you're 34th. Am I? Yeah. I, I didn't even look the, at that. So I was looking at it. So, okay, now you're 20 shots behind the guy at first, but I don't know what his handicap is. And, you know, I'm, a lot, I'm a lot behind. Who, who, who knows where it is, but you're 34th. Um, yeah. I, yeah, there was a lot of... There was a, I think there was 170-something players and 70 have a no return. I'm not surprised. So we, I went out around 11 o'clock, but earlier on the rain was even heavier and um, I saw a lot of people when we were, I was heading up to the first tee box, a lot of people were making the turn. They were saturated. Yeah. So we, I got lucky in the, my tee time uh, was after the heaviest of rain. Um, I played, re- I just found a really good, I don't know, really good feeling um, with the, my grip and my swing on, you know, and I didn't even warm up that much and get there early. I just had a good feeling on the first tee, hit a nice drive, and um, played really solidly for the first 11 holes, hit the ball, probably my best ball striking in, say, like the last eight, nine weeks, maybe, um, and just felt really good, and I don't know, it was, um, that golf course can kind of grab you and chew you up and kind of spin you around, and before you even know what's happened, you've, you've just, it's gone to shit, so I was eight over gross through the first 11, which was... Uh, with one double bogey and one lost ball for for that double bogey, so it was a really good double bogey to make. And so I'm happy out, not nothing too stressful. Um, made a double on twelve, which is a long par four, which I played as a three shotter and spun my wedge back off the green. Unfortunately, the next hole, yeah, I, in hindsight, I made pro- I probably did make a slightly risky play. Well, kind of from 12, 12 to 16, it's where the wheels came undone. I think we can yeah. speed through all yeah, your mistakes yeah. over the no, no, four no, I think I think in hindsight, I made probably a bad course uh, course management decision. And all I can do from that is learn from it and maybe uh, and not make something a similar mistake in the future. Um, but yeah, so it just went to went to pieces. I went double, triple, double, quad, triple. So, um, throwing a lot of point, throwing a lot of shots back at the course there. Yeah, there was a lot of hard work undone. There was three lost balls, and you know, just fifteen euros. It just yeah yeah exactly. Look, it's it's that it's a kind of golf course that can really kill you very quickly um, well, I, I without, call, without you without you feeling like you've done an awful lot wrong, and it maybe led me into a couple of slightly 
poor uh, decisions or poor swings because I was a little bit frustrated. But certainly, the thing I've learned from this course this year is that I'm, I'm, a, I'm I dealt with it a lot better mentally than I would have uh, last, this time last year, for example. But I was still making little mental errors in in taking. You know, I shouldn't have taken driver on fifteen after. You know, there's no need to do it. But I did. So there's still there's still stuff to work on there. Always will be. And I can I, I can feel my mental game being better than it was, even though I still made those mistakes. I know that I'm closer to being able to making a better decision the next time. So learn from the mistakes. Um, I finished. You know, I stayed in a positive enough frame of mind, and I finished par par. So that was a good way to finish it. Um, and I was just really happy, less concerned about the result, and just really happy. I found that good feeling, and you know. Just remember that. And hopefully, I can get back to that good, good feeling with my grip and swing and uh, ball striking the next time I go out. The thing about Druid's Heath is, I, I was saying to somebody over the weekend, um, I, I call it the binary course. Yeah. You know, it's one one zero zero one 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 zero zero on the card. It's bizarre. It, it can be like that at times and not done an awful lot wrong, and all of a sudden you can look at the card and it's one 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 zero one. Maybe a two one zero, and it's kind of like you could very what? easily end up with like a low twenty point Stableford result without having done a whole lot wrong on the golf course, and um, uh, it's kind of demoralizing in that respect. Um, so look, that's uh, that was my golf recently. Uh, I'm going to play again then on Saturday. Captain's prize round two. If I'm going to get myself an early tea time so I can watch the Liverpool game. You know priorities and all that. Well, you're going out in reverse order, so you're going to be going out in thirty fourth spot from the last tea time I hope not um, that's, it's full reverse order and you'll be in the 34th slot so. let's, uh, let's have a look while we're, uh, we're in real so time so I here. was out in Castle Warden with Mark O'Mahony uh, as everybody knows um, is the pro out of Titleist and he is uh, was playing the pro out so I went out and yeah see what I told you 11.50 you're going out in reverse order you have to stream the Liverpool I love, game I love, I love the fact that you don't believe that no, you're going I, out in I, reverse I order I thought from their email they were only going to do like the last 30 like oh, we used to do Glendon Downs anyway damn it you were sitting beside the guy who said to you on yeah. Saturday it's full reverse order for the whole field and you even said to him Oh, in Glen of the Downs, we only did the last 10 slots, the yeah. last 30 players. And he goes, no, it's full reverse. I, 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 from my <laughs> haphazard reading of the email, I thought they'd adjust to that. Anyway, okay, no. Liverpool game, I'm going to have to miss that. All right, okay, it is what it is. Right, uh, so, Castle Warden, pro am James, caddying, so caddying for Mark. For Mark. Uh, really interesting to caddy. Uh, first kind of proper time I was carrying the tour bag this, this weekend, um, which actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting. We double-strapped it, which was fine. The only problem I had was because it was three amateurs in the Pro-Am, I was kind of standing with the bag on my back waiting for the three guys to hit before we got to Mark's ball. Mm. And my attitude in the first few holes was, I don't care where the amateur's ball is, I'm walking straight to Mark's ball. I'm putting the bag down and all of a sudden after I think the second hole, there was a uh, near miss with a golf ball on my head which was a bit too close for my liking. So that was the end of walking in front of the amateurs. Uh, but it was interesting. It was a good learning experience for me to, to kind of, we were chatting away and I played Druid's Glen on Monday and I kind of nearly pretended like I had a caddy with me to think through like, because Mark and I were talking about like, you know, so, okay, you're 75 yards out. What do you want to do? I am um, maybe 54 
two spins, you know, three quarter, where are you picking the spot? Because we were trying to do very much kind of target golf rather than just hit. And he was like, there's a spot there. That's my landing zone. Hit that two spins should be fine. So I kind of took that to the course on Monday, went out to Druid's Glen and had, now it was in a very relaxed, very casual game of golf, but I ended up with 37 points with three scratches. Nice. Um, and I didn't really get a hold of the greens particularly well up there. They were a bit slower. A lot of water has fallen over the last few days over here. So they were a lot slower than I was expecting. Um, but like, it was an incredible thing to, to think through that conversation like I was having with him mm. on my own. And going, okay, so where do I, I want to go over the right edge of that bunker? That's the line. That's where I want to start it. Then all of a sudden, it actually was doing it, <laughs> which, of course, isn't always the way. But it's interesting. And I, I think if I took anything away from it, from Sunday and then into Monday, is actually trying to integrate a bit more of that into my own game. Just like a visualization uh, of the shot. Just, just talk to myself as if I have a caddy. Talk to myself of what do you want to do here? Mm. Rather than just walking up and say, okay, I'm 100 yards out. Okay, right, it's 54 degree or it's 56 degree or whatever it is. Mm. Hit, to kind of say, well, where do you want to finish this? Where is the day? Okay, there's bunker left, bunker right, you know, flags at the front, loads behind. Because I was noticing Mark was saying things like, okay, flag is, is, is 105, but it's 120 to the back of the green. So I have lots of room out the back, but not at the front. Mm. So I want to aim for kind of 105 to 115. Yeah. Where sometimes I see 105 and I just go 105. You take uh, a 105 club yeah. and just go, yeah. And if you come up a little bit short of that, then you're, you're and short I think that's And that's, I think that's where the, yesterday, like a lot of the par fives, I did really well. I, I think I birdied a couple of the par fives yesterday because I played at two shots and left myself with kind of 60 yards in. And then was able to say, well, okay, it's 60 yards to the flag, but it's actually kind of, I can go 65 or 70. Mm. So I was taking a little bit club more and I was getting on the green and giving myself the look of putts for birdies. And it's, it's, it was just really simple and something that I think I would never have quite thought of if I hadn't done the caddying on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so it, it would be interesting. I've also decided that I am 100% a Parkland player. I've decided that my game is fully suited to normal 100% Parkland golf courses over a kind of a Druid's Heath kind of linksy hybrid and same with Glen of the Downs. I actually play my best golf on a Parkland course. So you're buying out of Karn? No, I was playing, <laughs> but I, I think my focus is cha- will now change to just to go and enjoy those weekends. And when you play Lynx golf, I don't expect to necessarily go out and score particularly well mm. because I actually just don't think my game suits naturally to Lynx golf. podcast. No, I just think, uh, but it, it, you, you like, I think your game is probably more suited to Lynx than it is to Parkland because you have a good ability to see shots and to see kind of roll-ins and kind of the undulation. I'm not sure I have that. And to me, I've always had a high ball flight, which is not good on Lynx courses. Mm. And I'm not sure I have the shot to play kind of low, punchy three, four irons in, where I think that's one of your strong points. Your strong point is hitting a low three wood, uh, three iron, four iron, keeping it low and, and seeing the shots. Um but that's that's just me. I just I, I think I'm a, a Parkland player rather than perhaps a Lynx player. And it was like 16 years of playing in Windy Glen of the Downs will lower your ball flight a bit. 
Anyway, sure, look, uh, that's, that was our golf. Anybody who has been playing over the weekend, let us know how you guys are getting on. It's getting to the business end of the season, so a lot of captain's prizes are, yeah, and are captain's, around now. And So let us know. There has to be a captain's prize winner or two amongst the listeners. Yeah, so uh, awesome. at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle. Let us know how, you, how you've gotten on this year. And also let us know if you've kind of hit your targets, you know, if you were kind of aiming to lose shots, if you've lost them. And uh, just let us know how you're getting on over the course of the season. So at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle. And um, news wise, not a whole lot. So we're gonna just skip. I think more interestingly on to the LPGA. I'm sure there's been loads of news, but like let's just yeah, spin so forward. The LPGA was taking place at the Canberra Portland Classic, and um, we're mentioning this because Stacy Lewis won, and mainly. Most weeks, Barry just gives out about Stacey Lewis, so we well, want to just about, comment I, about yeah. Stacey Lewis winning this week. A joke about Stacey's lack of winning, and she hasn't she hadn't won, I think, in three years until now. So she, she won by one shot against uh, Inji Chung, um, 20 under, played 19 under, and then it was a kind of few of the usual names, four or five yeah. beyond that. But Like a, um, a brilliant combination of factors came together um, to put her in the right space of mind to go and win a tournament and maybe you know the she okay so she dedicated she said at the start of the week before she started playing that her paycheck this week would go to the relief for the hurricane um, the devastating hurricane in the states so for whatever reason this clicked inside her it either gave her more motivation or it freed up her swing or it freed her from pressure of focusing on the win or the money it something something went the right way for her and um what what a brilliant combination of her getting her win and you know her paycheck being the maximum it could be to go to the relief efforts brilliant so um it was, yeah, like it, it, I, it, it's I don't a great know what else to say. Like, uh, one hundred ninety-five thousand um, dollars. A lot of players this week, mainly in the states, but kind of around the world, have been dedicating like kind of two two grand for birdie and five, you know, five grand for eagles uh, to try and kind of get some cash together for for the guys out in Houston after the uh, the hurricane. And like um, any any donation of any form or help that's given is absolutely fantastic, and there's no right way to do it. Um, I see a lot. It, of, it, I see it, a lot of the LPGA players were like cleaning out their closets of clothes and just donating massive, like huge amounts of bags of clothes. Like Anna Norkvist cleaned out. Like I saw her like post on Instagram eight big bags of clothes to go to the people who are really in desperate need at the moment. So there's. Um, it's it's amazing watching the the golf world or the you know golfers as a whole and I think coming to be, together to and help. I, I think to be fair to stay, like just to put it in perspective, like her hundred and ninety five thousand dollars that she picked up for the win last weekend, she would have had to have finished fourteenth at the Dell Technologies to get the same amount of money. Mm. So like it's a huge amount of cash for the LPGA players you know they're not playing for the same purses as no, as the men so like it's it's a huge huge gesture like you win to any hand PGA over tour $195,000 any yeah any PGA tour win is like a million dollars yeah you know so this is a it, that puts it in perspective there this is a big chunk of change to donate and in fact i have it in front of me last week was actually 1.5 million for the winner a mi- just shy of a million for second place so let's uh, look it, it's uh, it's it's an incredible gesture and uh, well done to Stacey Lewis who regardless of what she did is the winner of last week's tournament 
Um, there was one piece of news which we kind of breezed through, which I forgot that we were going to talk about, which was the President's Cup. And that is taking place in a couple of weeks. And the US team has been completed. And, uh, so it's the international one. And the international. So Well, we'll not completed. We've got the automatic 10 qualifiers. Yeah, so, so, there's, so there's obviously the, uh, the, the, the captain's picks. But yeah. you might, because the captain's picks are this week, we were just going to have a quick look at the... The 20 players that are guaranteed. So, yeah, what we have right now uh, for the US, we have Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Daniel Berger, Brooks Kepka, Kevin Kisner, Patrick Reed, Matt Kuchar, and Kevin Chappell, who ousted Charlie Hoffman by the, I don't know, ridiculous 0. 0.000 margin. Yeah, it was like something like 0.02%. Like, I was listening, I was watching quite a lot of the Dell Technologies this weekend. And uh, on Sunday they were like, oh, it looks like Kevin Chappell is going to knock Charlie Hoffman out. But they're on exactly the same points. Oh, yeah. How are they going to work that out? And then it turned out they were like, we've just got word that Kevin Chappell gets it by 0.02%. And uh, I think that the lads were like, how can you win? How can you, if you're on the same points, where, where was the 0.0? Yeah, it seems very odd. I, I, I hope that Stricker just comes out pretty quick this week and if not first pick out of the hat tomorrow is Charlie Hoffman is in you can't get to being joint 10th yeah. and not get in oh that'd be yeah uh, that would not make Stricker very popular at all but it would also not make sense you no. know like Charlie Hoffman's had a great season and he's he's you know but in, in terms of the international team what's the international team just remarking before the pod, before we got on air the international team is really strong so Hideki Matsuyama Jason Day Adam Scott Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Schwartzel, Mark Leishman, Brandon Grace, Jonathan Vegas, Siwoo Kim, and Adam Hadwin. And every one of those guys has played a solid year. You know, has put in, turned in some great performances. Um, that's, that's, he, that, it's a very competitive team. Obviously, the US team is unbelievably strong. You see, the funny, what I love about this, and what I think would, you don't need to really elevate the President's Cup, but it's obviously lags behind the Ryder Cup. Just a little. Just yeah. a bit. But if you really wanted to shake it up, and I didn't say this to you off air, but if you really wanted to shake it up, I think the winner of the Presidents should win, should play the winner of the Ryder Cup from the year before. So, like, if... So, the Presidents, if the US were to win the Ryder Cup last, time, last mm-hmm. year, then it's Europe versus the rest of the world for the honour to then w- play for the Ryder Cup 12 months from now. So the three, the three factions. So it's a three. So like it could end up being the rest of the world versus the US. It could yeah. be the US versus Europe. It could be Europe versus the rest of the world. So it's kind but of like the, the President's Cup is... It's, so it's kind of like the way the America's Cup works. In I was going to say, exactly like the America's Cup. So the winner retains, and then the challenge is the two teams from the President's Whoever wins the presidents gets to challenge for the Ryder Cup. So, so the holders automatically get a right to defend their title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they hold the trophy, it's and cool. then the presidents' cup is the decider as to who challenges, um, and they can still pick the courses. They can still pick. And does and sorry, would the players change then from team to team? Yeah, well, like you, you'd still have your twelve-month qualification. So you'd have yeah, running twelve months. You know, because okay, yeah, otherwise yeah. you could end up with a guy who's banging form now and yeah. stinking next. Like you get Europe could get stuck with Danny Willett or something, you know. So you 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 reset the, mm. the 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 plan, or I just think it would be a really good way of elevating the presidents. And it is a global game now, and it's hard to say that the likes of 
Jason Day or Adam Scott or any of the lads you've just mentioned there shouldn't have a chance to play in the biggest to play for the Ryder stage. Cup. Yeah, and yeah. the Ryder Cup, in fairness, there is precedence here. It's not like it was always Europe versus the States. Like it was Britain and Ireland versus the States. Yeah. Then it went to Europe. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say that it couldn't be basically the three, the rest of the world, Europe and the US. Defenders go into the to defend two years and the middle year is the two wannabe uh, contenders. Fight it out and have a go. You heard it here first, folks. So I, I think that that would be the way to like it would be. It would also make every year there would be an incredibly in, like because it would be so exciting to watch because you're watching to see who gets to play in the next Ryder Cup. Yeah, and to be honest, it really um, the Presidents Cup doesn't really engage us, does it? Let's be fair. Like it's fun to watch, but it's not. We're not like going, oh my god, the Presidents Cup is coming up. Whereas the Ryder Cup's coming up, we are talking about it for like weeks and months. In but advance. I don't think, to be fair, I don't even think the Americans are doing that. Like I don't think the Americans. I don't think like the guys that we read out. Like I don't think Jordan Spieth this week was thinking, yes, I got in. Maybe yeah. Kevin Chappell yeah. was because he wants to kind of get used to it, and you know that's what he's aiming for, and he's in like set eight, nine, tenth place. But I don't think I don't think if, mm. if 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 Phil doesn't get a pick on Wednesday, I don't think Phil is sitting there going, "I don't get to play in the Presidents." Ah, oh, damn it! Like this is. But I think if it's a Ryder Cup, I think Phil's thinking, "He's I really want to get yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think it elevates it a bit. But anyway, it's just something to think about. Look, it, it will. It should be a good match. There's two really strong sets of ten there. So. Um... It will be. We love our match play here on this podcast. Everybody knows that, so we are going to enjoy watching it. It's a, it's a nice change from um, from the regular you know stroke play events we see throughout most of the season. So uh, be good to see you know the top players going out and head to head match play. Um, speaking of match play, okay, let's we may as well get on to talking about the FedEx Cup, seeing as this kind of came yep. out from the points race. So um, look, it's it's a hot topic at the moment. The FedEx Cup's going on, and we've been talking back and forth about it over the last you know couple of weeks. Um, one of the things we were discussing was you know, uh, okay, let, let's start from the beginning. So right, the pros and cons beginning. of the, the okay. FedEx. For me, the FedEx goes on for too long. The four weeks is just too long, and I kind of lose a bit of interest. But it's even longer than four weeks because it's you five, have this week off. It's so five it's weeks, kind of five right. weeks. So. Because of the fact that it's uh, it was a memorial weekend yeah, or whatever it was in the states, it's Labor Day, sorry. Labor Day. I I know one starts there somewhere and the other ends it, but they were playing through to Monday, so they now have this weekend off mm. and they come back kind of Thursday of next week. Um, so it's a five week session. It, yeah, it just it feels like it drags a bit. Okay, um, so that's point one. Point two, it does not matter to me as a fan when you compare it to the majors which we've just had only over the last few weeks you're going to the FedEx Cup you're playing for, they're playing for this big amount of money this 10 million dollar this bonus prize pool there's bigger prizes uh, at stake or slightly big elevated prize funds in each tournament but at the end of the day it's just another golf tournament there's no there's no difference to this like you said what, pig with a whole bunch of cash in its back is still a pig or something like that? No, I said you can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. There we go, something like that. <laughs> Close enough, Barry. So, the, 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 the Our American is, listeners will understand where I got that from. The, um, the, pro- the problem with it is, to us as, as, to us as fans, it, uh, it, it's just no different from any other tournament. It doesn't, we don't feel that $10 million pressure. 
it doesn't see like obviously you can see the pros feeling it a little bit, but it just doesn't make that. It's not that. Well, it's not that massively different from any other tour week. And with that said, like I think you should. I think a change of format needs to happen for us to to really see and get engaged in it. Well, let, let's go back one step, right? The purpose to me for the race to Dubai and the FedEx is that it should be the guy it's like their golfer of the year like in any Mm. of our golf courses you know we're all playing for golfer of the year points and the honor to be more than maybe the captain's prize you know it's it's an indication of being the best player over the course of the season to be golfer of the year and i know a lot of guys who would say that's their aim Mm -hmm. is to win golfer of the year you know whatever about winning you know you could get lucky over two days or one day in some places win a captain's but to win golfer of the year, that's that's the real sign of played well. Oh yeah. The problem, the FedEx, in my opinion, was always that kind of idea of the winner of the FedEx should be the guy who was the best player on tour. The race to Dubai, in fairness, is still like the European Tour uh, merit winner. You could be the winner of it before you get to Dubai. It doesn't matter. You don't have to go to Dubai to win the order of merit title. Mm. The problem I have with the FedEx is it's not one or the other. It's not an or it's not an order of merit and it's not big enough to be a major. And it falls into a kind of a slightly more important than a regular event. But that's it. Mm. It it doesn't have like it falls way below to me even the WGCs. You know, I don't get excited by it. No. You know, I get excited about the fact that these weeks you tend to have tournaments that have the best players, which is why I love the majors, is why I love the WGCs, because you have the best players. And, and to, but and it's to, not reflective of who no. the best player that season was. No, the winner usually isn't, yeah, and that's a big issue. I, mean, I think it, the FedEx went to this playoffs format, or the restructured points format, because I think it was Vijay Singh went all the way to Eastlake to the Tour Championship and already had the FedEx Cup won. So they wanted the... Big money to be on the line when you got to to East Lake for was it PJ? So I think it was in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Uh, Tiger Woods that went Tiger. as pre. So was VJ involved or am I just VJ was oh eight, but he yeah. went in ranked seventh. So just to give an example of where I think this is uh, the point that we're making, in oh seven Tiger was ranked one and won it because he was ranked first. Oh eight VJ was seventh. Tiger was first. Then you had Furyk third, Bill Haas was fifteenth, Brant Snedeker was nineteenth, Henrik Stenson was ninth, Billy Horschel was sixty ninth going into the pre cup, uh, the pre FedEx into the, the final series. In, into the final yeah. series, you had Jordan Spieth uh, two years ago was first, and last year you had Rory who was thirty sixth. Now, if you look back, and we're ten years into this, only three times and two players have ever gone into the FedEx Cup actually being the best player over you know the best player on tour of the regular the season of the regular season yeah. where somebody like Billy Horschel I have no problem with Billy Horschel but he started at 69th and went on a good run and played really well over the course of that uh, uh, that, that, that hey, four or five events he two wins and he had the two wins and he wins the 10 minutes. no problem with that at all that's mm. the system he takes his Billy Horschel in 2014 was not the best player in the in the PGA Tour. No. He was the 69th player 
best placed <laughs> at that stage. He just hit good form come four or five weeks of the season, wins a couple of events, holds on, and ends up going. And I think he won the Tour Championship at the end, where there was a load of resets, as they do, and he had to win it to, to, to take the 10 million. But that's not reflective of the best players in the world, like the best player of the season. It's a guy who can hit form over four, you know, and it, it has to be average form <coughs> and maybe one or two weeks of really good form. Yeah, I mean, 69th is no great, no great shakes really on tour. Um, you know, he's, he's probably one good result from being up, up in the top 25 or 30, but he's not, he's a few half, de- you know, okay, mediocre results to his name away from scrambling he for play- his tour cards. And he played 23 events. Pre so that, so like he, it wasn't like a guy who had ground, only, ground out that season. Yeah, like it wasn't like he played like you know some of these like Rory last year only played fourteen events. So what before can we, he got to it? So what can we do about it? I I think it should be either shortened to three tournaments, um, like we were saying that the one twenty five to the hundred to the seventy to the thirty thirty. Like, I, I, it just feels like it drags on too long, okay? With with the gap week in the middle as well, and I think they're having some sort of focus groups over in the PGA Tour where they're they're trying to pull the PGA Tour away from the very first week of the NFL because they lose two, first two weeks of the NFL. First, sorry, yeah, because this is the first week of the NFL, so they're off this week. Then the second week of the NFL is next week's tournament, so and then the tour the BMW smashing so it's into it. First three weeks of yeah. the NFL season, which only lasts seventeen weeks. You know, it's, so three weeks into it, and nobody cares. A lot of people move very quickly on Sundays away from anything to do with golf straight to their local NFL team. And that's the thing. You see, the majors are over, so the biggest part of the golf season is over. And if you're just putting on another stroke play event for 72 holes, there's no particular differentiator for this event for to drag a person into making them watch it. They're not compelled to watch it. So what, like, we were talking, what if... Instead of the final thirty at East Lake, you end up with to the final thirty two and they go into straight up match play and you're seated one to thirty two and the draw is done, you know, one versus thirty two, two versus thirty one, and off you go and you play match play. I know the pros hate match play, but how much fun would it be to watch two guys the final day playing for like a difference of six or seven million dollars in the in the prize fund? Just make the last Make the make the tour championship winner take just all. So one or one player takes the full ten million. <laughs> but there's more than ten million, though. That's no, like no, but that's what, no, no. But what I mean is, it could be just tri- just make it just make one 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 prize money. The rest can fuck off. <laughs> it's it's winner takes the whole pot. So takes you, ten million. You, want, you want to be able, you want to see it in some sort of format where the you know it's slightly different format from the regular t- to engage the fans. And at the moment, watching seventy two whole stroke play event, which we see. All year long, bar the odds, you know, interspersion here and there with a the match play, we just, it's a regular event and it doesn't make any difference to us as fans. Whereas if we see a different format of some sort, like what if the final four, the four guys, the best four guys at the end of uh, whatever format, all go out and play medal play, match play, and whoever, you know, as a group of four, and whoever's the best score and that wins the money. Like those, those are the kind of things. Skins. Played oh, on skins that's for a, ten million. That's insane. <laughs> but like, I mean, I, I know I've said this format before uh, last year. This is this comes from bowling. But what if like eight guys went out and the worst score? They all play one hole, and the worst score on the hole. So say it's an individually worst score on the hole drops out. He's gone. So it's like a survival. 
You just keep going. Now, yeah, I know that... I, know, I can't now, see that happening. <laughs> I, know, I know there's an issue in that because you're not playing, you're not encouraging attacking golf, but I'm trying to think of different formats that will get the guys, will, will engage the fans and pull them in because... I think the other problem with that is that, you know, you could end up having the, you know, the first hole could be a par five and all the short guys are gone at yeah, the end yeah, of it. Yeah, you yeah, know, look, so look, I know. It's definitely... But, but the idea, I suppose, look, there is no perfect solution to mm. this. But the point that we're making and the discussion I suppose we're trying to have is does it ring your bell over these weeks? And I think that's why they're moving the PGA Championship from August back in the calendar to make the FedEx the August weeks, you know, to make the four, five weeks of August Mm. that this weekend would have been the final tour event if if they do the five five weeks. I think you're right. I think they should do it as three weeks only. With the break in the middle, I think the first week should be the one twenty-five. I think they should then drop down to seventy, mm-hmm. take the break, and then do either. Even if if you don't mess with the format for the moment, sure. just then do the top fifty. Drop from seventy to fifty for the last weekend. Mm-hmm. Don't drop it down to thirty because you lose too many good players. And like I know it's all driven by money, but like we still want to see your Rory's. We still want to see your Phils. Like a lot of these guys could be gone by this time, two weeks. Yeah, right now in the like the thirty-one to sixty spot. Let's just pluck a couple of names uh, who's missing: Garcia, Phil Mickelson, going to miss. Uh, previous FedEx Cup champion Billy Horschel. Uh, you know Charles Schwartzel's Schwartzel's there. Uh, Rory McIlroy is going to be missing the Tour Championship. You know that's. There's a lot of there's big names there who aren't who right now aren't going to be in Eastlake and Eastlake so the Tour Championship is supposed to be the one where your biggest names are there. now look these guys are in these positions because they haven't had a great season so right on merit they do not deserve to be going to the Tour Championships but there's 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 a there's a bit of jigging around that can be done to make this a, mu- a more of a must see event as so, it is it's not. This year we've actually been lucky because we've had some great duels with really big name players going head to head and playing some really exciting golf. So we have been lucky in that respect. You can't get, you won't always get that though when the big boys are in great form um, as is and end up competing against each other head to head over the course of a tournament. So let me ask you this: if you didn't change the format for the moment and you stay roughly with the same, the other issue I have is the resetting of. The, the top five or the top ten or whatever it is. Where if you're the top five going to East Lake, you win it all, the tournament. Like, yeah, it just you resets. Win the Cup. I, I I think that even if they just change that, that you know either everybody is reset. That from like either like, make the playing field zero for everybody and say you know what if you get to the Tour Championship, you now have a one in thirty chance of winning ten million dollars. Because there's guys who are going who are 30th who know that, like, systematically, like, the first guy has to finish 30th and 20th, you know, and so on. So, like, it's mathematically highly improbable the guy at 30 is not going to win it. It's probably quadrillions or trillions, you know, to one for it to So, reset everybody. Just, just, just reset the a whole lot. Thirty man shootout. Just have a thirty man shootout, four days of of solid stroke play golf, and just say, okay, you know what, you you've earned the right to be in the top thirty or the th- top fifty to get for this event. I see. Now we reset. That's more exciting. Now you say that's it, and and you can do a bit like say, so in the European, uh, you know, rugby context, people will know that 
a lot of the time you have the league format and then the top four in the league go into a four-team playoff to mm-hmm. win their domestic league. So you might be the first in the league, but that doesn't necessarily mean you win yep. your league. And it's an idea of keeping the interest going. So you could get to the, to the end of the BMW and say, the tour merit winner is the guy at number one. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Say that's Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas. Next week, he won the order a, of merit. You are the order yeah. of merit winner. However, the prize for the top 30 or the top 40 or the top 50 is you all go into the bonus competition of the tour championship. Yeah. $10 million for the winner. You're all reset. Shoot it out. See, can, like, the press conferences that week would be off the hook. Like, you've 30 guys sitting down there going, I'm feeling, I I'm feeling great about my game. If I go win this tournament, I win $10 million. They're all, you've got 30 guys absolutely buzzing and raring to go. Whereas right now, you've the guy in 30th gone, yeah, I'm just here to collect a paycheck. Yeah, and that's well, like, He's just there shrugging his shoulders going, if I play well this week, I'll jump a few spots. I'll get a few extra you know, 20, 30, 40, 100 grand. Boo, wow, brilliant. Wow, happy days. Like, whereas if you've got... Like, that's, like, that's sure. much, that, that, that has me sold way more than the current format. Like, I don't know what the guy in 30 it's going to get but like he might get a bonus of, of you know 100 grand for argument's sake I'd say it's even less probably 50, 60 grand he's thinking sure I'm going to just cha-ching I like I can't win the thing so uh, you know like, well I can't win the 10 million um, and I just think that that's the format I think something like that just something simple something interesting to change it gets a bit more enthusiasm around it but I think at the moment it just doesn't work and I think it is elongated. I think that by September everyone is back to work, back to school, summer's over and it's kind of like, oh yeah, they're still playing. And I mm. think it, the PGA won the big players to still be playing in September rather than kind of going, I'm out of here. It would also help the European tour because a lot of the European players can play the FedEx, play to the end of uh, August and then head off to... The, the Mideast swing yeah. and kind of do Turkey, do China, do Dubai. and Let's cover the lack of motivation that Mr. 30th place going to East Lake is going to have in his, uh, in his arsenal. Mr. 30th position is going to earn $175,000 for playing uh, swinging a golf club uh, and walking four rounds of a golf course and hitting a ball along the way. Doesn't matter what he, if he just does that, completes he'll he'll get his hundred seventy five grand. I'm not even sure he needs to finish all four rounds. He might do. Could be stipulated. I assume he's guaranteed. It really, he's really, yeah, top third. It. really not. Uh, kind of a moot point. But where is his motivation? If he pushes himself up to twentieth spot, he gets an extra fifty grand. Does that matter to him? Does that matter to these guys who have made so much money throughout the season to get to thirtieth place? Not a toss. If he gets himself to eleventh spot, which is He's going to have to have a really good week, plus a lot of guys ahead of him to have a really bad week. Well, he's got 19 people that he's going to have to have systematically so he's prob- switch around he's with He's probably them. going to need to have to finish in the top three or four of the Tour Championship in order to, to just to jump to that point. And all that gets him is another 125 grand. He's not going to be like thrilled about that at all. That, that's, that's not a motivator. Whereas if you have all 30 guys going into one tournament where the prize money is $10 million for the winner, that is way, way more interesting as a fan. Well, and I think, that's, I think that's the format. I think that's the way to do it. And I think then it gives you the credibility to say the guy at number one at the end of the BMW Championship is the order of merit for 2017 and season. The, and, 
and the tour event is, you know the tour championship is now you could you can change the tour championship and say okay it's the top 30 players and all the winners of any event that isn't in the top 30 so if number 35 mm. you know say say Sergio doesn't get in but as he was a winner on the tour event as the masters winner he gets to play as well so that now all of a sudden you have like the guys who have won events this year and the top 30 in the merit. And if you're not in the top 30, you get the invite as well. I mean, there, I, I, was, I will make a point that the guy in this fantasy situation that we've created, or this uh, fictional FedEx Cup we've created, the guy who wins the order of merit should get a bonus amount of money. And maybe that's taken from the bonus pool. Oh, I, yeah, sorry. Absolutely. 100%. I think there, he should There should be, be given... something, a bonus amount for winning the order of merit. Absolutely. So and maybe the top, there, maybe there aren't 30 cash prizes in our East, on our Tour Championship Finals. Um, I just think you, this that a way to have more players with a possibility to win this bonus amount makes it much more interesting as a fan. Maybe it's match play. Maybe it's all thirty have a chance. But this almost locking out of anybody outside the top five is just boring. Well, look, we we could keep talking about this for quite some time, and um, it would be interesting to see what the listeners think. At a good talk golf. Um, or a good talk spoiled at gmail.com if you can't fit it into a few 140 yeah. character tweets like if you have any ideas on we still have a couple of weeks of it left so if you have any ideas on a, a format change throw them in we'll, we'll bash it about here on the show so look that that's a little bit of interest uh, we're going to have a, a look at a few kind of topics like this over the next couple of weeks a um, few bits that are kind of interesting us um, so if anybody has any ideas or anything you kind of want to, to spark a conversation about at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle, and a good talk spoiled at gmail.com is the email. We're on iTunes and various other media bits that you can get this podcast that Barry always tweets out. Uh, Barry, thanks a million for an interesting conversation this week. Yeah, we'll have, have fun. We'll uh, have another little interesting topic next week. Yeah, or well, you know, we will possibly not be every week, but we will try get them out as regularly as possible to you guys. And um, thanks again for tuning in. If you have any topics you want us to take on fire them into us and uh, thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you when uh, we're next on air bye bye well you're fine bye bye